0: You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Muhammad. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move
1: on down the audio road.
2: Good evening, everyone. Well, I'm not Kevin Rutherford, as you can probably tell. I'm Rico Mohammed. filling in the end for Kevin Rutherford tonight on the Rates and Lanes podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody aboard. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule to come and discuss and chop it up with us a little bit about Rates and Lanes. Tonight on the podcast, we're going to have a little bit of help from Chad Boppett. Um. He's going to be coming on, and we're going to be discussing Quoting Ugly Loads. Before we get to Chad, I want to take just a few minutes
1: to discuss
2: the uh, DAT National Trend Lines newsletter that they send out every Wednesday. And we're also going to talk about the totals uh, report real briefly here in the beginning. So we're going to jump right into it and Unfortunately for drive vans this week, DAT is showing a decline in rates. It went, it dropped two cents for the week. The national average for drive vans slipped to two dollars and six cents per mile, dropping another two cents, which is a one percent change from last week. Um, country that you're in, this may you may actually feel felt this drop in the rate. In other parts you may not have noticed much of a drop. Uh, if you stay inside of the hot lanes, which is some of the things that we recommend, if you stay in the hot cities, uh, hot markets, you should not uh, see much of a difference in, in your rate if you're staying in a hot demand area. But that's the synopsis for dry vans. Now, this week for flatbeds, uh, flatbeds was up to $2.35 per mile. Flatbeds' rate, rate increased by one cent which is a 0.4% hike over last week. Uh, 2035 per mile remaining near peak levels at capacity remains really tight on the flatbed market despite recent declines in national load-to-truck ratios. Once again, flatbeds are booming right now. They're in season. They also are tapping into some of the produce market because some produce can shift on flatbeds. I mean, uh, excuse me, flatbeds, so you're starting to see where if you're taking advantage of the information that we're putting out and if you're staying in hot markets, you're putting your truck in the right position, then you should be seeing some increased revenue on your flatbed capacity. And now to the segment that is near and dear to my heart, the reefer segment. Um, This week, reefer's rates went up three cents, the national average of reefer's Added $0.03, which is an increase of 1.3% over last week, to $2.28 per mile. By slightly lower low volume. Like I said, if you stay in, one of the things that I really, really want everybody to get um, on top of is to really learn the markets. If you learn the markets and you know where the supply and demand are inside of the market, then you really won't see much of a decrease in your revenue. Actually, you should always kind of be on an even keel, and most of the times on most weeks, you should actually see increases. That's one of the things that I try to strive for. I try to strive for staying inside of the hot market, but at the same time, my operation is a little bit different from other people. So if you got questions about any of this stuff, we'll uh, hit number one on on your dial-in, and we'll try to get to your call here in just a little bit. Now, switching over real quickly, going over to the uh, produce market. Right now, there's still slight shortages throughout the country for different types of produce, but the main markets that are hurting for truck capacity is still Central and South Florida. You still have melons and potatoes coming out of Central and South Florida, so there is a capacity low in those areas. Eastern North Carolina, you got sweet potatoes moving out of eastern North Carolina, which is happens to be where I'm headed to, and also northwest Washington. There is a capacity crunch going on in northwest Washington. So that wraps up a quick little wrap-up review of the uh, rates as far as the DAT newsletter is concerned and also the National Truckload USDA report. So with no further ado, I'm going to bring on my guest host tonight, which is Chad Boblett. He uh, has started. He's an independent trucker. He has his own authority now going on three and a half years. Uh, Chad also, make sure you give him a hats off, served 10 years in the military and the Marine Corps. And the main thing is Chad is actually the person that took the initiative to step out there and begin the Rate Per Mile Masters Facebook group. This was kind of Chad. You know, he stepped out there. He was forward-thinking and got this thing started, kind of helped bring all of us together. So with no further ado, we definitely want to give Chad a big round of applause for that, and let's see if we can get Chad up here with me right now. Hello, Chad. Hey there, Rico. Yeah, I can, I'm, I'm here. Can hear you hear me? i am got you, buddy. All right. All right. right. Thanks for that introduction.
3: Thanks for that introduction, uh, and uh, thanks for having me on the podcast, and thank you for providing the the podcast every week. It's, uh, it's uh, really nice to be able to – one more show we get to listen to along with Kevin. I really like it.
2: No problem, uh, buddy. Uh, it, you, guys, you guys make the sacrifice. You, you, you wanted to, to do it. I think it's going to have a good payoff in the end. I think that more education that we get out there in the – and the industry, the better it's going to be. It's going to reflect on everybody's bottom line by paying it forward. So it's my pleasure to do it. What you got for us tonight, buddy? Absolutely. I'm going to hit on quoting
3: uh, ugly loads. Uh, I gave I gave it that topic. It's a little funny to say it. But uh, anyway, uh, ugly loads, quoting on ugly loads. What is, so the first thing we need to identify, what is an ugly load? Um, an ugly load is a, it's a load that we uh, – we normally wouldn't bid on we wouldn't give the broker the time to uh to uh, discuss the load with us. We wouldn't even quote the load because it's got uh most common reasons that people don't like the things that make people not like the loads are say it's over forty four thousand it's a forty four thousand pounds it's a heavy load or it's going to the northeast or um it's 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 from a broker that you don't like doing business with the ugly loads um. Say, say, you just got home and uh, you've been out for two weeks, and you're not you're not wanting to leave out. And uh, and you get a call from a broker, and he offers you a load. That's an ugly load. That's a load that you're that you, that you're not interested in quoting. Uh, now these loads, these loads that you're not quote, those are ugly loads, and that you're not quoting. Uh, everyone be quoting every load, every offer that that comes your way no matter, especially the ugly ones, and I'm going to get to that in a second, but why you should quote every load that you get called on, um, this, this is how – what happens when a broker calls you and, uh, and, and offers you a load, um, you need to be able to provide him a quote, and the quicker the better. Um, and what happens when you provide him that quote on that, on that load, um, most brokers will write that quote down. He'll put your carrier profile information there, your phone number, and he's got your quote on that load. Now, this broker might have 15 to 20 loads he's working on that day, but out of that 15 to 20 loads, maybe eight of those loads, he has to move today. His customers, he's been working on these eight loads for the past week, maybe, and these loads have to get gone, have to move today. Well, that one load that you just quoted on, he, he now has made a little bit of progress on that one load, even though maybe your quote was outrageous and he made fun of you and said that there's no way he'll be able to do it, but he still wrote your quote in there. Now, these other seven loads, he's he's going to try to make some progress on those. Later on in the day, at, at some point or another, that broker maybe has to talk to the shipper because that load has to go today, whether he calls the shipper or the shipper calls him, they're going to have a conversation, and that quote that you gave is going to be brought up. And and the shipper might say, well, do you have anybody that's going to take this load? And the broker's going to say, well, we have one quote. It's one quote. I know it's high. I'm still working on, on your, moving your load for, for a reasonable price. And um, But he's also got these other stuff that he's got to work on or whatever the number might be. He's out, he's, out, he's got other customers he's got to work on as well. Uh, as it gets closer to the end of the day and and the time starts crunching, and that's the only quote he has on that load and that load is sitting on the dock and it has to go guess who's going to get the phone call and what once was he what once he told you before that that your quote was crazy now he's calling you and saying we're going to give it to you at that rate and and if it's a and so all right i said i'll get to the ugly quote now the ugly load and quoting the ugly load if if it was an ugly load, there's a good chance that not only did did uh, did you think it's ugly, but a whole lot of other people that he called and said that it was an it was an ugly that that probably gave uh, on an ugly load probably gave him no quote at all. Probably said that, that the other carriers probably said they're not interested in it, or maybe they had to have a company driver in that truck, and they can't put that company driver on a load that's got multiple stops on it. Um, and, you know, they probably did they, they they said that they couldn't do it and that so so you now are the only one on that on that ugly load that has a quote. Uh there's a good chance that nobody else even put a quote on it. And uh, you know, who's gonna get the load there, you know? Back to yourself. You get to you get to make the big money, you quoted high and you got it high because you're the only one that, that, that gave a quote that, that said that that you would do it. Those are the benefits I'll give you a scenario of uh of uh, being home like uh, some people will say, some people has made this statement before, even myself that they got home they get offered a load and they'll make that statement no matter no matter how much money you give me I'm not doing that load I'm not doing it I'm not moving my truck I'm at home I'm not leaving and this happened to me once before uh not too long ago, and uh the the scenario happened where Got home after being gone two or three weeks. Been fighting the winter weather. It's been cold outside. Happened to change fuel filters, the wind. It was brutal for the past two weeks. I just got home. Missed my family. I'm home. I'm not going back out for a while. I get a call from Coyle Logistics. Coyle Logistics, said they, they know I like to run to the northwest. That's my, back in the winter, that's my favorite lane. I get good money going there and coming back. And, uh called logistics they found out that i was home they called me and offered me a load and i and when he offered it to me i knew the broker and i told and, and i told him i said i said i just got home uh and uh I, i'm not interested in leaving he says well we got four thousand on it we'll give you this load going to seattle and uh and i said i'm not interested man i you could you couldn't give me eight thousand, and i wouldn't do it and I, I just doubled the number and was sarcastic and said eight and threw out the number eight thousand. so later on i'll try to make this fast but uh Later on, so you, I started getting. You, several... All right, all right. So I started getting several phone calls, and uh, I knew it was his number uh, from Kelly. Was just I knew it was his number, and uh, and I was ignoring. I'm home. I didn't really want to be involved with trucking after I got home, and um, he. Uh, uh, so he. So then it got to be real late, and the phone call started. It got to be around seven or eight o'clock at night, and uh, I've done unwound. I'm relaxed, and uh, I get a call, and it's from a different number. It wasn't the same number. Well, the the bro- the county broker tricked me. He used a different phone, and uh, he called me. So I picked up the phone, and answered it, and uh, he said, "We're going to give you uh, we're going to give you the eight thousand dollars if you run this load to Seattle for us." And I was like, "Unbelievable! Are you serious? You're going to give me?" And it was picked up in Florence, going out to Seattle. I'm like, "Unbelievable! You're going to give me eight thousand dollars to run this load?" And uh, yeah, and so uh, I booked the load. That that situation has a little bit more. That 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 sort of goes on. But anyway. The bottom line is, don't ever say, no matter what money that that you give me, I'm not going to do your load because uh, sometimes those loads uh, pay pay really good. Uh, another ugly load, uh, this last one, but this other ugly load, uh, good. This is a good. Uh, this was a pretty good one. Where uh, I quoted it, this was it wasn't here long uh, too long ago, and I even put it on the uh, on the group page. You can go back and read it if you want. But um, there was another load. Um, I was looking to go out, and it was a Thursday. And uh, C H Robinson called, and uh, they said they, uh C H Robinson said that we have a load that uh, called me up and said, we have a load that's going to Delaware. Are you interested in this? Are you interested in the load? And uh, and I said I said yeah, I'm interested. You got a load going to Delaware, uh, leaving a good state, going to a bad state, and uh, and it's and Thursday. It's going to offload on a Friday, offload on a Friday in a bad area. Yes, I'm interested. I'm interested because I know it's going to pay good. And I told him this. it's one of those things where for punching the gut at the same time, puts him in that limbo face. He doesn't know what to think. And that's where I want him. And so we continue to talk. And he he goes to tell me more about the load. He tells me that the load has, I think, three or four stops in Delaware. And I'm like, just cha-ching, cha-ching, is going on in the head. Like, uh, this is going to be a really good load to quote. And... uh and as he's given me this information, another key point I want to point out is how i write this information down. Uh, you might have your way of doing it, uh, the way you write it down uh, when you collect this information. This is a method that I use. And the reason why I use this, I use this because uh, I, I do it the same way every time I get myself in rhythm so I can write, jot this information down as quickly as possible. I use a spiral notebook, and on the left side of the page, I put all the pickup information. On the right side of the page, I put all the drop-off information, where the zip code of it's dropping off, uh, anybody's uh, the contact information of someone I need to get a hold of, uh, the time I need to be there, the date, and same thing verbatim on the left. In the center, I put all the regular details, the weight of the load, the broker, who the broker's name, the, his phone number, all that. And I do that each time and every time like that, and I keep those notes in case I have to go back and, uh, and call on one of those guys one, uh, you know, that I talked to earlier that day. Um, so anyway, I wrote that information down. I had all my zip codes there. Um, I told the C.H. Robinson broker that uh, that give give me five minutes and I'll call you back. I'll give you a quote on it. And uh, and another thing, giving these quotes all the time, it, these brokers get to know you, and they know that you give them quotes a lot. I, I guess a lot of carriers don't give give quotes that uh, don't like to give quotes on loads that they're not interested in. And I think I've built a reputation with a lot of – I know I have – with a lot of brokers because they had a lot of the same ones that call me and want, want me to quote loads. And uh, so uh, – and I told him I would get, call him back in five minutes, which was unusual for me, but this load had some homework for me to do. I needed a, i wanted to map it out. I wanted to, I wanted to give him uh, a reasonable quote, and I knew I could win this one because it's an ugly load, and I know – Whoever he is called on this load, nobody's going to take this load. They'd be crazy to take a a three stop, four stop on Friday, at Delaware, seven hundred eleven miles to to be done on a Friday in the Northeast. Because what are you your 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 big money maker is going to be for the weekend, and and you want to be in a good spot. Well, Delaware's not going to be that great spot. And uh, so yeah, I know I know nobody's giving him any quotes or putting me bids on this. Um, so I I run I run all the zip codes. The zip code of where my house is, the zip code of where I'm picking up the load, the zip codes, all the zip codes of where the load's dropping off. I
2: add up all the miles. Okay. Let me jump in for just a second, Chad. And you said okay. that you, you, you take all the zip codes. Now, yes, sir. how sir. you how are you running the zip codes? Because what what kind About of mapping uh, application are you using? Good question. Good question. Now, uh
3: and this is what I do, uh, every,
2: you know. And and people
3: can make comments later and say that the way I do it's the wrong way. But this is the way I do it, and I'll explain the way I do it. I use zip codes because it's quicker. To, to type in a zip code and find the location in the in the application that I use is Google Maps. And why I use Google Maps, it's fast, and I like speed when I'm bidding on loads. It's re- and and all I got to do all I got to do is go to Google Maps, put in the five digits zip code. And uh, I got the zip code of where I'm picking it up. I, got a, I can punch in all those zip codes, and it'll give me a uh, – I think Google Maps maybe, you know, because it's not really truck routing, but at the most maybe it's 4% off, uh, and and sometimes it's very accurate. But uh, for me it's fast, and
2: that's how I'll quote loads is off of Google Maps. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that, that's good because I, I, I use Google Maps as well. Now, let me ask you this far in your quotation process. Now, when you're quoting the load, do you have a high number and a bottom line number, or how did you, do you have? Absolutely. Do you, do you do you give them any room to negotiate? Yes,
3: absolutely. Good. Another good one. Another good one. I was going to leave that out if you didn't say it, but uh, yeah, that that's a good key point. Um, I always put, and and what's funny when I'm home, I get I'll tell my wife, and she gets she gets she 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 cracks up because I'll show her the high number. Uh, and and my wife says they're going to hang the phone up on you. They're not going to pay attention to you. She's definitely She's an awesome person. But then I put that high number of what I'm going of what I'm going to tell the broker, and then I'll put the bottom number on there as well uh, of what all what I'm willing to come down to. And yeah, good question. What do you, what do you think about that? Is that what do you do the same thing?
2: Yeah, I, I do something very similar. I, I handle it very similar. So now, when you know that you are. When you're at home, you know that you can be very aggressive. So when you're yeah. when you're on the road, when you're on the road, how do you handle that? Well, uh, when I'm at home,
3: I'll, I'll, that's, a, that's a good one. At, at home. I like talking about being at home because uh, when I'm at home, when I when I I see what other people get when they're in. When I live in Lexington, Kentucky, and I see and since I started the group, uh, or since we've started the group, I see. Uh, I see the posts where people get to Kentucky, and I talk out friends I talk to, and they get to Kentucky, and uh, and I see the rates that they get out of Kentucky. My best rate is leaving Kentucky. That that is my best. Ra- there is no other state that pays me more money than when I leave home, and there's a reason why. Because when I'm home, that's an outbound state for me. I don't I don't have to leave home. I'm at home. I'm on base. I don't have to leave. This is I like being home. Home is where my family is. You know. Convince me that you're going to pay me enough money to leave home, and and that's the way I go into the approach. That's the way I think about it. That that's for home, and I thought maybe some might like that. But when I'm out on the road, I got I, I have a 6:30 Volvo. Uh, I bought this before I knew Kevin. I wouldn't have bought it if I it's a 2007. But it, it, it's not really that big, but it's like an office. Uh, you know, I got, I got I, Whenever I go to I treat the process of uh, dispatching myself and finding load. I treated it as if, as if it was another job. As, as it, it's, it's just as important as the driving part, I pull out my laptop. I've got I've got Wi-Fi. I, I got it's connected to the internet. I've got it laid out. I've got my notebook out. I've got my pens and papers. I've got my GPS up and running, so I can I can look at stuff on there. Um, and that that that's and out here, um, as long as long as I get a sh- the most important thing for me of the morning, as long as I I, I get up, I you know, and I'm able to get a shower. And then I'm I'm able to go to my second job. My second job is dispatching myself, and I get everything set up and ready, and uh, close the curtains. Nobody bothers me, and uh, and I enjoy it. I enjoy dispatching myself, um, and I'll I'll check where, where the where the demand is, and I'll I'll uh, I color code it. Uh, green states are states that are in demand. Yellow states are about average. The red states are uh, we want to stay away from those, but we can quote those states because those states. Nobody else is going to want to go to, so I'll quote those red states, but I'm going to quote high,
2: and sometimes I get them. Okay, all right, Chad. Well, we want to try to get to a few calls tonight, We want to try to see if we oh, can ask some questions.
3: Rick, and... Rick, Rico, I want to, I want to, I want to I wanna finish up that one, that one last little part. Okay. So I ran okay. all the on the on the map part. Um, I got I got all the zip codes in there, and and my last zip code is that last stop in Delaware, and. uh.
1: And when I'm in, when I ran
3: ran ran, ran all the miles in that last stop in Delaware. I know and this this is something you can follow the same principle uh, when you when you do your load bidding when you bid on loads. That last stop in Delaware, I'm looking at it at where I'm going to be at on Friday, probably in the afternoon sometime. Where and I'm looking at the worst case scenario. Where do I have to go from here to get at least a decent load out of? And I'll uh, so at that point I looked at I look, uh, the only place that could come to mind when I was looking at it in detail was Richmond, Virginia, I, and that was over 200 miles from that place in Delaware to over to Richmond, Virginia. I added those miles into that into that load that I was going to do, and then for me to drive the Northeast, I want to make more than just the two dollars a mile. More. And I think I bid it on the, all the miles uh, three. It's somewhere between three and 3.75 uh, per mile, and I uh, added the stops, and I think the stops came to 350 or 450 450. Uh, and I put all that in there, and the bit, the, the my offer, my high offer was going to come in at 43.40, I believe, and uh, and I called him back. I called him back in less than five minutes, and I said, I said, here's my offer, 43.40. Take it or leave it. And I didn't say that part, but I, I said, here's my offer on the load. And he says, okay, let me call the customer and find out uh, find out if full. A little after, he called the customer. He called me back, and he says, and he called me back, and he says, it's your load for 43.40. And uh, and and then when he said it that quickly, I knew instantly I did not bid high enough. He would have gave me more. He didn't even try to counter me, Rico. And and which was, you know, even though I made four thousand three hundred forty dollars on seven hundred eleven miles and plus the stops, even though, and that's just killer money. I mean, it's really good money. Anybody would love to make make that kind of money on a run. But he didn't counter me, and I'm like. Man, I can't believe I left money on the table at that high of a bid. So it's like, quote the ugly loads and don't be shy to quote high because, you know, some of these loads have to get moved and, you know, be the person that gets it. You'll, 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 you'll reward yourself, you know, at the end when you do complete it. And, uh, you know, think about the worst case scenario. I thought about the worst case. I thought I was going to have to bounce all the way to Richmond. I wouldn't get none over the weekend. I was willing to deal with that. But actually, I, uh, I did it on another ugly load that took me – I won't talk about that one, but it took me up to – I had three stops, and it took me up into Pennsylvania over the weekend, and that was another $1,000, but uh, maybe more. But anyway, yeah, let's get to some calls if you
2: want to recall, for, if you want to add to that. Yeah, yeah, well, I want to just put a couple of things in there real quickly, and we're going to get to some calls. I just want to kind of summarize real, uh, really quickly. So the main thing that everybody needs to get is when you're talking with brokers, or shippers, whoever, you want to make sure that you get as much detailed information as you possibly can about the load, especially if you're dealing with a broker. You want to find out, is there an appointment time for this load to pick up? Because with refrigerator freight, especially, I can speak to this, a lot of times there are appointments set, and if you miss the appointment, there are late fees, $100, 200 300 late fees at some of these places to ship. A refrigerated good. So if the if you're getting close or you're near the time for the appointment time, then bump your rate because the broker is in desperation mode at this point in time to try to recover this load. Because he would rather pay you the money, especially if you can guarantee that you can get there before he actually has to pay a late fee. Well, that's more money that you're going to be able to put to your bottom line. Um, the other thing that I want, want to bring out Kind of um, piggybacking on what you were talking about, Chad, is is uh, what kind of value do you bring to, you know, the, the value that you bring back to the customer as far as if it's a broker or whatever. If you're the only one that's quoting the low, like you say, a lot of people will just say they'll hear the description or hear what it is, and I used to be bad about this with fresh chicken. I told my wife, you know, we got to stop telling them, oh, we're just not interested. Give them a price. By all means, give them a price. You know it can be as astronomical and as insane as you think it may be, but at least throw it out there. The arrow that's not shot will never hit anything. If you don't aim at something, you'll you if you hit if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. That's the old Zig Ziglar quote. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so with that said, we got a few calls on the line, so I'm gonna go ahead and jump into some calls. Let's see here. We got someone calling in from area code. 207. Call up on the 207. It's your turn. What's your name and where you call calling from?
4: Hey, Rico. My name's Travis and I'm actually in Connecticut. Cool, Travis. uh, What you got? Well, I actually, like like, uh, Chad says, I have my own authority. And I pull flatbed. So I usually, like he does, I play with the rake. And I actually live in the northeast, so I uh I pretty much get anywhere from four to almost five thousand dollars just to go up to the northeast. And I just picked up I've got a load on right now that's paying me forty seven hundred going from Minnesota to Massachusetts, then to
3: Maine. Right. This is a- just a just a flatbed or is a, a step deck or just a flatbed?
4: I have two. I have a flatbed and I have a drop deck, so I can do oversize.
2: Go, uh, going but, back but, to uh, go, going back to the thing that Charles said, that that uh, we talked about last week. I mean, not Charles, excuse me, George. George was talking about last week. Make trying to make sure that you have multiple modes of transportation. Uh, George was talking about that last week on the podcast about different types of trailers. So that's yeah, being and, flexible.
4: And I actually have one of your favorite uh, areas, Rico. I also have a refrigerated trailer. All right. I'm sitting at home. I, 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 I've, I've looked, at, I looked at a variety of trailers, and I look at what's hopping. And what's hopping is what I'm going to pull. There you go. And I, like I said, I, I use that DAT. I actually have a lady from Landstar that will call me. And her lowest offer for me is $2.75 a mile.
2: On, on what lane?
4: And that's usually on the lane coming from uh, Oklahoma, from the Midwest. Up to the northeast, like to uh Massachusetts
5: or uh,
3: hey, uh, I got a question how does how does it affect your insurance having multiple trailers like that
4: uh, well it all oh, I only have to have um when i have if I haul my oversized trailer, my drop deck then i I call my insurance and they'll add whatever how much ever insurance I need for the trailer. But so like my okay. flatbed and my, uh, I I carry the maximum. I carry a million on the insurance, so that it'll cover if I'm hauling the flatbed or the refrigerator. And then sometimes I'll actually have to raise my uh, minimal if minimum uh, the insurance rate if I'm hauling something oversized.
2: Sometimes uh, well, I'll... I can do that a little bit too, uh, Chad. Normally, uh, my experience when I had two trailers, I used to have a drop box and I in, along with my reefer, they just charged me a real minimum rate on my drop box, as in, and they charged it as a like a spare trailer. So you, you didn't get hit with like the full value, and, and if you and you could just swap from interchange, uh, and it really wouldn't affect your rate all that much. It, it really didn't affect my insurance rate uh, a tremendous amount. It, I, I didn't notice it. as very much at all
4: yeah the only one that does for me is the uh drop deck for when i have oversized, depending on what it is sometimes i have to have a two million dollar liability from point a to point b
2: right well travis did, did and, you have any questions or you just wanted to share a comment with us tonight
4: well i wanted to share that and i wanted to also thank you rico for telling me about the um you know mailing out to uh Shippers in my area. So, like you said, mail it like three times. Yes, sir. Well, that that worked for me. Uh, Up in Maine, I have a two accounts now. I have an account in Canada and an account in Maine. Pulling numbers.
2: Thanks so. Thanks so much for the feedback, Travis. So that gives us it helps give us validation. That some of these tactics that we're using, we're getting some traction on. I really appreciate oh, yes. the feedback on that.
4: It, it works. It works awesome. And right now, I'm hoping last year's bottom line. I actually pulled in $126,000 last year. So I'm hoping to pull wow. in a little more this year.
2: Travis, sounds like you got a great operation going on. You coming to the CMC this year? I
4: couldn't, I won't be able to make it this year. I'm hoping to do it next year. I'm going to try to get to the uh, Great American Truck Show in Dallas.
2: Okay. I'm going to get well,
4: to the one in it. Louisville,
2: but that didn't work. I understand. Well, we look forward We thank Thanks again for the call tonight, Travis. We appreciate it. We're going to try to get a squeeze in on a few more calls tonight. we got someone calling in from the 402 area code, Caller from the 402. What's your name? What's your calling from? I mean, where are you calling from? And What's your question
5: tonight? Hi, my name is Joe. Uh, I am in Belvedere, Illinois, sitting on a load, getting ready to go to Utah and Wyoming to stop her. Uh, sitting here listening to you and Chad, I'm, my brain is about to explode. Don't <laughs> no, in a good way. Well, yeah, in a good way, but for a new guy in the business, I'm working as a lease purchase with one of the big box trucks looking to take the next step to go with maybe Landstar or something like that with either Reefer or or Dry Van, where in the world do I start learning about all the stuff you guys are talking about? Chad, you mentioned something about a map that had the good states, bad states kind of areas, and then, of course, just learning the lanes and, and the rates to get something started. How do I go about learning all this stuff?
3: Uh well um I use uh, there's um uh, uh, there's a few different places you can go for this. Rico can explain one of them a little bit better than I can, but uh the load densities on uh and I have I have access to Internet Truck Stop. It's a load board. Uh, there's only two load boards that I use, uh and that's DAT, which is I use the cheaper version which is called Members Edge, and I use Internet Truck Stop. And the only reason the the only reason why I use Internet Truck Stop is because I like it's a tool uh, that it provides for uh, uh, low densities. Um, it's got some other things on there that talks about low densities and and things like that. Uh, but uh, low densities is just the only section I use. It just gives me a percentage number of of posted trucks or no, posted loads going to one area and the number of posted loads leaving that area. And uh, and of course the. As uh, if the if the state has the if the state has more posted loads leaving the state than there are posted loads going to the state, then that's a state where when you get there, there's going to be more freight than there are trucks, and that's always a bonus for us. It's, it's, it's the percent is higher that we're going to be able to name our rate, and that's all. I, that that's that's what I work on most of the time is is where's the demand and I, I I don't I don't go off of uh what's the co- what's the contract rate. Uh, there's other, the D the A T and that's the one Rico you can talk about it, what's the, the contracted rate and the, the what's that one I forgot the name of it. D A T provides uh provides you it tells you what the, what shippers are normally paying for that lane. You know what I'm On talking about? On the
2: uh right, it's called rate view. On the D A T they have EAT will give you two different rates. They'll give you a contract rate, which is most of the stuff that they quote for. They'll they'll kind of like just give that one away. Now the spot market rate, which is what you're going to be dealing with when you're dealing with brokers, is a different module. They won't they don't necessarily give that rate out uh, for free. You have to pay to get the spot market quote rate. And uh, I have that as a feature of one of my load boards. Um, the, the spot market rate, the things that it goes into on the spot market, it takes into consideration uh, the load-to-truck ratio, just like Chad was talking about, all those different variables. And you want to take into consideration also, even though they give you a number, they give you a high and a low and a median cost on the uh, rate view tool that that they have, but you still want to take into consideration – uh, if you're in a market where the load to truck ratio is just absolutely bonkers. If if, if you can see on the load to truck ratio if it's like twenty to one or eighteen or one, I've even I've even seen it as much as uh three hundred to one. Three hundred loads to one truck mm. in the area. Ooh. You wanna you wanna take that into consideration and make sure that you charge accordingly. Now, the the only bad thing and the only downside about that, and and that's why us doing this and hopefully more and more people, the word gets out. Uh, If you're on Facebook, you say, how do you learn about this stuff? Let's, let's, Let's try to box this up real quick. If you're on Facebook, participate in the Rate Per Mile Masters group. That's the only place that I know of before it started as a, as someone that didn't have authority or nothing like that, that you could actually go to and, and really get a candid discussion about lanes and rates, other than when you're sitting at a shipper somewhere or you're sitting you're sitting at the uh, the, the lunch counter and you're hearing the super truckers talk about what they got on this rate and that rate, and and there's really not you know, mm, you can tell when somebody's blowing sunshine up your backside if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, if, if you don't have if you don't have authority, and you don't have the ability to go and get these tools. Uh, I post. I try to post as much information as I possibly can on the uh, rate for my master's group, and also just become a voracious reader of all the um, the industry news. You know, go to like the Overdrive. dot Go to seek out the industry information and try to read that so that you can kind of get a a post as to what what's going on and trying to get a feel out. Now, you know, some things, because we're in the industry and we can, we're we a little bit closer to it, and we may not, we may have a different of, of opinion than what the is actually reporting what's going on, like with some people have their own opinions about the driver shortages and the capacity crunches and, and so on and so forth. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to debate that issue tonight on this podcast about that or not, but you know, just try to take as much information as you can get your hands on to take into consideration everything when it comes to formulating your rates and stuff like that. That's the best way. There's, there's really not a perfect answer to say, well, this is what you should do, and uh, that's what you should do. Just try to be he who has the most information is going to always win. So okay. always try it, to avail yourself to as much information as possible. Good, good.
1: I'm, I'm
5: like a sponge and I'm a voracious reader. I'm almost I'm like Kevin. I probably got 15 books sitting on my counter right now inside the truck with bookmarks in each one of them. <laughs> uh going back to Chad's example on the on the load ratios for just a second if you could. Uh let, let's say I'm going or, or I am looking at a rate that says, "Okay, I'm going to Atlanta." And on my way to Atlanta, there's 100 loads going to Atlanta. Coming out of Atlanta, there's only, let's say, 10 loads. Is that a good area, bad area to go into, to get
3: into? That would be bad. What you, exactly you, are you,
2: you looking wanna, at? Do you want to go? Go ahead. Hold on a second, Chad. I'm, I'm going to say it depends. I'm going to say it depends because one thing, another thing that you, when you're dealing in the spot market, and, and more and more of my advice is, is telling us that are independent to have our own authority and stuff like that is to try to get your own customers. Right now is the perfect time to go approach and, and solicit your own customers. So there are loads, even though the low boards and the information on there is pretty good and accurate. I feel like I, tr- I trust the information that I have on my low boards and and i, I I feel comfortable with but there are lows that never see the light of day on any load board. There are brokers Absolutely. that don't that don't post anything on load board. So if you have a relationship with a broker or a shipper in a specific area, it may be a bad area. Just like a lot of people hate Florida. Well, people go to Florida all the time. Why is it that even when the <laughs> season is not in effect, why do people want to go to Florida? Well, obviously, there has to be something that's in Florida that comes out of there year-round. There is freight there in Florida. And, you know, it's, it's it's how do you cultivate those relationships? How do you develop those things? So not trying to avoid your question, but it's just trying to break it down and give you all different angles to look at it. It, it really depends on what your specific situation is. Now, if you're just a guy and you, if you're strictly running off of the low boards and you're depending on the lower boards, then you might want to avoid a desolate area like that because you're going to catch hell getting out of there. Or if you're close enough, sometimes uh, I'm trying to think of a good a- example. Let's take uh, Houston, for example. Okay, Houston may be a bad area year-round. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But for the most part, Houston is a really tough market. You get beat up really bad.
5: When you say Houston is bad, getting loads out of Houston or getting into? Uh,
2: You can get into Houston all day long. Out out, (laughs) out seems to be, has been my experience, Houston has been really difficult to get out of at a really, really good rate. I can get out of there, but not at the rate that I really want to get. Okay, um, I got you. All right, I got the picture. That's, that, right. that's, that comes into – so when you're in markets like that, you have to do what a, one of my old mentors told me. He said, sometimes you got to take your back haul with you. So you make sure you charge enough on the front end so that you can offset what you're going to come out there with on the back end. Um, right, I understand
5: that. Okay.
2: And, and and even that sometimes is not an exact size, and, that, and that's a little difficult. But sometimes right. Houston – Houston can benefit – you can benefit in Houston sometimes if the surrounding markets are really booming. So, like, sometimes you may have uh, – San Antonio might be really peaking at, at a moment, and it might – you'll get you'll start to get phone calls from San Antonio. Hey, won't you? we got over here that's got to move. We'll pay you the dead end to come from Houston to, to go to San Antonio. So sometimes you want to take into consideration, if you're going into a bad market, how close is it to – uh, sometimes what could be a good good market. I've even gotten calls sometimes when I've been in Houston when the produce is really jumping at the, at the Rio Grande, the deadhead all the way from Houston down to the Rio Grande, which is something like almost 400 miles. But if they're not a, if they're not trucks around, it's like Chad was we talking about quoting ugly loads. It's the topic. Put your price out there. If you don't, right. if you say, oh, that's too much deadhead. You know, don't disqualify anything. Let them disqualify it. If, if, you, if you disqualify it for them, you're doing half of their job. Let them do their job. You do your job,
5: let them do their job. <laughs> yes,
2: I hear you. You had
3: something you want to add there, yes. I didn't want to that, I, Chad? I know some good stuff. Uh, I, you pretty much summed it up for what, what I was thinking. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Um, I've, I've had scenarios where I've been in Oklahoma City and Dallas, we were doing really good, and uh, I'll post myself in Dallas, but I'm actually in Oklahoma City, and and make enough money off of a load coming out of Dallas. There's times of the year. Right now is getting ready to go into that time of the year where Dallas is really good, and uh, give it another three weeks, and Dallas will have a really good numbers. But uh, and that, that was about this time last year, and I, I did a scenario like that where I was in Oklahoma City, and. Uh, it was dead Oklahoma City, but I posted the truck in Dallas where I knew it was booming, where there was just crazy money coming out of there. And uh, I, I put in the comment section, late shipper, and, uh, um, <clears throat> and all they asked me is what time I can get there. And I added up to Deadhead Miles, and I told them this is what time I'll be offloaded, you know, And which is to, which is really what I'm saying is what, what I mean by that is it's going to take me that long to drive all the way from Oklahoma City to Dallas to pick up your load. But I added all those miles in, you know and uh And I made sure that I was gonna be at the rate that I wanted to be at and um a a style of my my bidding on loads is uh is a little different like than what someone would go to a shipper and uh and put a rate with the shipper that someone that they wanna get as a customer or a dedicated load where they get it all the time were uh those type of loads. You want precise numbers. You don't want a whole lot of negotiating, a whole lot of bidding. You want to give, them a, give that shipper, that, that dedicated run that you're trying to bid on, a number that that you could live with and that you'd be comfortable with doing. My, my style, the way I run, and this is just the way I run, this is the, what I like. I like the negotiating process. I like bidding on loads. I enjoy it. By the end of the day, I feel I have a lot of fun. I can't wait till tomorrow when I get to bid on some loads tomorrow. Uh, my style is like, like, like if you went to a car auction, you bid on cars being uh, being sold. Uh, it's just, uh, just uh, my my feeling of what I think, the, what the price of the load should go for, what I can get it for. That's I'm self-taught. That's how I've taught myself. And uh, and I, you would think that if you throw out huge numbers, that you would disrespect these brokers, uh, and that they will never call you back. It's it's the least from the truth, that because you give these quotes, and even though they're high, they still they'll call you. And those loads that never hit the load board. I provide a good service. My prices are a little high, but I got a lot of stars by my name. That I that I, I I keep the broker up to date. I provide a good. They're paying me. You know these brokers pay me good money. I want them to. I want I want to use their service. I want them to continue to call me. So I provide a good service, and uh, I'm able to quote them quote them the loads that don't hit the load board. But that's all I had.
2: Go ahead, Rico. Yes, sir. Now I'm going to try to get through some more calls. We got a few of them lined up here. Caller from the nine one two. It's your turn. What's your name? Where you calling from? And what's
4: your question? Hey, Rico. It's Richard. I'm in uh, Alabama, headed up to Kentucky. Um, I got a question on authority. If you can't answer it, that's fine. Just let me know, and I'll I'll uh, get back in the background. The justice, i somebody answer questions. But uh, I'm, I'm we'll
1: thinking
4: about my own. Okay, I'm thinking about getting my own authority. I'm wanting to, but I, somebody had told me that if a person goes out and gets their own authority and is new at it. That it, it's not gonna be, not gonna look good. it's not gonna look good on you on a broker. But it, and he said the way that he done his was that he got his authority first, and then ran and then ran uh, with a company for a year, and then he went in and started doing his loads. I don't know if, if that's so or not. But how would someone go about getting their own authority to be able to go out and start getting loads without looking like well, he's a new guy. We ain't,
2: we're not gonna get him. Okay. I can tell you I could I could tell you from first hand experience. Uh I, I heard similar things about well if you got and, and I and I even see it some right now in, in the group and there are some brokers that do have requirements that you have to have your authority active for at least six months or so on and so forth. There are those. But trust me, there are more than enough. When I when I first got my load board up and running. And when I got everything done with my authority, I could have my tags and everything put on the truck, and I was ready to take my first load. I didn't know how this thing was going to go. And I posted my truck just trying to test my load board. It was on the weekend. I was just trying to test my load board. I was just trying to see how it worked. And my phone began to ring. And I didn't know. I, You know, I was scared as hell. I didn't know... <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to handle it. And and, and I got a load that was actually a, a local move. Uh, my very first load was a local move. R.R. Uh, R. Dunley needed uh, a shipment move from their printing facility, which at the time I was staying in Greenville, South Carolina, from Spottenburg, South Carolina, down to the Greenville News. I remember it just like yesterday. And I got uh, my very first load. It was a pickup on. Um, it had to be out of RR Dunley stock that Saturday for a Monday morning delivery, and I got eight hundred bucks and didn't have to go over thirty-two miles. Wow, my very my very first load. I was like, man, you know. But no, don't don't. There there are. You're gonna have a few brokers, and they'll they'll be able to tell by your MC number. But if you're running and you're in a hot market, trust me, you're not going to have a problem. The number one thing that you're going to have to be aware of as a new entrant is getting up to speed on rates and lanes, which and what you're doing that by participating and in, in getting involved. That's the number one thing because what they're going to do is they're going to seek they they seek out the new people, the brokers do, because they understand oh. that you're a little they understand that you are a little green and they make the most profit off of you because they'll throw stuff at you. One thing that I don't do, Chad may do it, but I don't do it. My wife helps me out. She helps me out tremendously. and She does the majority of our negotiating because I'm driving a lot. Now, she'll call me and get my input and stuff like that on different things when she's not 100% comfortable about something or she wants to just see how, how I felt about what it is that she's dealing with. But for the most part, she handles it. I don't like to negotiate while I'm driving. I don't want to – because they say you can do some things. You know, you can't walk and chew gum at the same time and all that stuff. But you don't get – you'll miss the minute details. Earlier I talked uh, about gathering information. And, and if I'm trying to concentrate on being safe and driving and out here in this traffic, I can't really adequately negotiate and get the information that, I'm, that I need because I may miss something. In in the in the flow of the conversation, that might be an important detail that I don't factor in, and then I have no way to really uh, sit down and really look at my numbers appropriately. So I don't negotiate and drive at the same time. That's just me. That's just I, my method. I don't I, I, I don't do it. Um, I, don't, I don't Rico. Rico.
1: Yeah, I,
3: I want to add to that. Uh, I I don't either. I you know I, I tried, you know I played around with that when I first started uh, doing that, but it's, that's absolutely no no way. I don't do it. One, the number one rule: treat your dispatching as if it's a second job. Uh, and, uh, and if you're dispatching while you're driving, you're not you're not treating it as a second job. You're not taking your dispatching serious, you're not you're not able to effectively know to negotiate. Remember what I said: in spiral notebook, write this on the left and right. Uh, and then the fourth right. thing is uh, safety safety it's a huge safety hazard driving and trying to negotiate I mean
2: you're not paying attention you're driving go ahead Try. no and that's exactly right but the, the so the only thing you got to watch out for being, being new is just being careful about don't let the brokers try to uh beat you up on the rates. because they they're going to try it because they like well this guy's new he doesn't know anything so we're gonna abuse him. 'Cause I tell you what, when I first started out T U L me and Chad was having a conversation about <laughs> money. But, but but man, TQL wore me out probably the first three months I had my authority. I mean they wore me out. They, they <laughs> rolled me hard and put me up wet, treated me like old government rented mule, man. Um <laughs> But but I you know, you you gotta take your knocks, you gotta take your licks, you know? And uh, so all of that is, it was a learning curve. Uh, so the, the things that you're doing right now by shortening that learning curve, getting the education, you know, asking questions, um, you know, talking with more people, getting them on, on the Facebook group, you're helping yourself shorten that learning curve. So you'll, you'll be successful. And, you know, I don't have a th- any doubt about it because you're doing all the right steps right now. Um so don't worry about don't worry about getting your authority being new or, or whatever. Just the main thing is once you get your authority, they they are going to be looking for you at the scale houses. If you uh you know you come through, if they're looking at DOT numbers or whatever, they may be looking for you. They're going to you know just make sure you got your paperwork in order, your your maintenance and everything is up to par on your equipment, and you won't have any problem. And, and even that you know. Um, for the life of me, I don't understand. I've been in a scale house and guys coming there with the with the little funky attitudes and stuff like that. I don't think we had that element in our group. But you know, for whatever reason, you know. But if you're going there, and you treat people with the same amount of respect that you want and deserve. I think you'll be all right. Uh, I don't. I you know you you keep your nose clean, you keep your safety record intact, and within no six months and eighteen months to go by like that. I mean, I, it, it seemed like. Uh, I was getting a phone call to go through my new entrant training, um, and and my new entrant uh, uh, audit was actually a breeze due to uh, me going through the NASTIC course. The NASTIC course, if you're going to go um, get your own authority, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend NASTIC products because you're going, they're going to prepare you. They're going to have everything done for you. My auditor, when he done my exam, he was like, you know, Wow! How did you get all this stuff? Because you have everything. You have all your eyes dotted, all your cheese crossed. There was nothing. Anything that he be asked me for, I could produce it. And that was because I was prepared. Went through the uh, nastic training um, and, and had all my stuff and all my stuff together. So don't don't uh, don't believe the hype. I guess if, if, if in short. All right. All right. I appreciate it. All right. It. So mm-hmm. thank you, sir. Now, Chad, before I go to another question, somebody sent me a, a Facebook question. And uh, yep. I want to get to this one real quick before we go to another call real quick. It says, um, I was wondering if you and Chad could talk a little bit about quoting LTL. I'm not sure how I should quote them. I have a straight truck. Also, by the way, I'm having trouble figuring out the best way to quote loads with this truck. Um, <laughs> the best way... To quote, I'm going to take a stab at as far as quoting your load, um, is to figure out what your cost of operation is. I mean, your cost of operation and everything it's really should be your way of figuring out your bottom line quote figure for making sure that you're being profitable on your loads. So you want to make sure that you got all your cost of operations together. You know, There was a little bit of discussion going on on the Facebook group right now or a little earlier talking about uh, – Cost per mile and, and and things of that nature. Just make sure that you. And this question comes from comes from Jake. So just make sure that you're quoting based on your cost of operation. If you got any more questions about cost of operations, or uh, I can send you over a little link that I use to help me figure out my cost of operation that I got off of OIDA's website. I liked it. Somebody else didn't like it so much, but you know, I liked it. Uh, and as far as quoting LTL, the method that I use, I, I'm gonna break it down from from a 53 foot uh, standpoint. And somebody else may have something different, but that's that's. And, and if you do, let's share these ideas and let's get them out there. I like to think of when you're looking at a 53 foot trailer, I try to quarter the trailer. I try to break it up into quarters. Uh, that's the way that I try to do it, based on based on feet. So I try to divide it by four and how much would I charge for a truckload and I try to divide it up by four and I try to figure out the best way that, you know, there's a couple of different methods that, that are used. Um, I'm probably not doing the best job of explaining it right now, but, but divide, I try to divide it into four, whatever the rate that is, uh, is in that lane and I want to try to get, uh, you know, based upon that, if that makes any sense. I hope that comes out the way I want it to. Chad, what's your thoughts?
3: Um, L T L uh, LPL, uh... Most of my loads are, um, and or so I don't mess with an LCL that much. I've been told that there's a lot of good money to be made in it. I encourage anybody to to practice and play with the, the LTL market, uh, bid on some of the loads. Um, I know I know there's a couple of members in the group that does a lot of the LTL. I mean that they're, they're, that's all they do is the LTL. Uh, he mentioned right. the straight truck. He mentioned another person mentioned straight truck. Uh, straight truck. I would go to the group. Uh, Ray from mile Masters, and uh, ask the same question you just asked us, and um, you'll get—you should get some feedback there. Well, I, um, I just—I'm uh, doing some uh, talking with the, I've ca- uh i have been trying to provide some counseling with the or assistance with a guy that's got a flatbed, and he—he he drives an F three fifty. He—he does a hot shot, hot shot, and uh, he called me asking for advice, and his rates were. We're really good, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know what advice to give you. But in that short com you know, I really didn't know what kind of advice to give the Cypress because I, I don't know flatbed or uh, you know, especially if you're fooling around with an F-350. But in the short conversation, I'm asking him how's he posting this truck and different stuff. Well, I found out that he wasn't even posting it, and uh, he replied back to me in a couple weeks, and uh, his rate uh, has jumped up so many so – many, uh, I think he jumped up a whole entire dollar. But uh, anyway, go to that group page and put on there that that's what you're doing, and I bet out of we just hit a thousand members. Out of that thousand members, there's going to be someone doing the same thing as you. And if you all two get together and start talking about what you, what each other's doing, uh, there you go. I mean, that you, you that there's some assistance right there. And maybe there's a, there's out that, there's some other people that's going to uh,
2: give you some advice too on that. All
1: right. right.
2: Well, we got time. Maybe to try to squeeze one more call in, Chad. We got a call calling in from the six 666- six. Two. Caller from the 662. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, right there. Okay. Caller's not there. We're going to try to jump. Let's see. I'm going to try to jump and squeeze one more in before we go, Chad. All right. All right. We got a caller we from 7... 785, call from the 785, what's your name, what you calling?
0: Hi, Rico, Chad?
2: Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh. Hi, Chad, this is Karen. I oh, just... Karen. Hey, hey, I just, I really don't have that much of a question. I just wanted to thank you both for all the help that you guys have given us, okay? Um, Rico, you've helped me look into Greenhopper. You know where to find better rates for the grain hoppers. Okay? Yes, ma'am. And still scared to death about doing ever doing it on our own. Okay. But, but I'm do I'm do, I, I run it now like you know it is our own business even though we're company. Right. And believe me, I I I go with our broker and you know he's usually pretty good to us, but I have turned down loads because they haven't paid well and I do look at the lanes and that's where I asked to go. So thank you oh, you guys oh. for all your help. It has been so okay.
2: good. So thank you. Thank you for awesome. listening. We appreciate the feedback.
0: And you guys well, be safe out there.
2: Thanks. Oh, will too. do. Thanks. Well, champ. Wow. Believe it or not, buddy, we blew straight through that hour. That, that was an hour, man. We ought to do three, and that was fun.
3: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, I can't believe it, that was just an hour. We didn't get to talk to everybody. I want I want everybody, the 1,000 people that's in the group, I want every one of them to call, and, and we talked to every single one of them trying try to help them all out. That was fun. Well,
2: hopefully, eventually, we can get a chance to do that. But yeah, not yeah. tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, uh, I, once again, I'd like to thank everyone for calling in and their participation. Uh, if it wasn't for you, there would be no us. We'd also like to extend on behalf of the Less Trust team all of our heartfelt thanks. Uh, once again, uh, we couldn't do it without it's it's, a, it's an entire team effort, and we appreciate everyone taking time out of their busy schedule just to spend a little bit of time with us. Hopefully you got something from it. Uh, we can continue the face we can continue the conversation over on Facebook, on the Facebook page, Race per Mile Masters. Um, if you have any questions or anything else like that in the meantime, you know that's the place to go. Right now, we got to get out of here we're over time right now as it is. so we got to get out of here. So in the words of uh, Kevin Rutherford, be safe, be profitable, and master the journey. Good night everyone.
0: Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us
1: for the Ride Down the Audio Road.